Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. Another way of describing it is fluff for favor, vomit later. Um, And it's just like a sort of a funny expression. So the big questions are these. How can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Song, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to Negotiate Your Best Life podcast. I'm Rebecca Zung, and today's episode is on the five ways to manipulate a narcissist. And the flip side of that is actually uh, the ways to actually keep peace with a narcissist because you actually don't really want to... um, manipulate a narcissist. I mean, it's actually what I call ethically manipulating the manipulator because in a way you don't really want to um, um, manipulate is kind of a bad word. It kind of gets a bad rap, right? A lot of people say, oh, you don't want to manipulate. Manipulate is a bad way word. But, you know, I kind of look at it as a way of manipulating the manipulator because, I mean, they're manipulating you all the time. Um, They are um, master manipulators. Um, They don't really know how to be in the world without manipulating. Um, That is all they know how to do Um, because, you know, that's what they've been doing since they were um, very, very young. I mean, they... Um, they feel that the world is a very scary place. I mean, they've been, um, you know, in the world, um, you know, something happened to them when they were very young and, um, you know, they, they decided that the world is a place that needs to be survived. That, you know, I kind of look at them as... Um, people who are like desperately starving. And, and so they, um, they're like going through the world, like they have to have food and they have to have oxygen. And that, that food and that oxygen is actually um, narcissistic supply, right? And so, and, and if you're a person who's starving, if you're a person who has no food, then, you know, you're a person who feels like I can't give it to anybody else then, right? And so, you know, in, in a way you have to have compassion for that kind of a person. But, um, you know, I, I see all you empaths out there, you know, you're like, well, I can fix them. I can help them. Well, you know, you can't. I mean, most of the time these people cannot be um, rehabilitated, Um and you know the reason being that they can't, you know they're they're not they don't they're not self aware most of the time, and you know they're not going to go into um, 
therapy and and most of the time. I mean, there you know there are instances of people who um, have you know been rehabilitated, um, but most of the time they don't um, go and get rehabilitated. Unfortunately, um, so you know you have to be really really careful. Uh, about that. I mean, I would just say most of the time for people, you know, just go find the other fish in the pond, um, you know. But anyway, um, I... uh, So because of that, they have become master manipulators. I, you know, I go back to um, Malcolm Gladwell's book, um, Outliers, where he talked about you know, how you needed 10,000 hours to become, um, you know, an expert at something. And, um, you know, they, you you know, I was saying like, they've had um, way more than 10,000 hours because they've been doing this since they were um, so young. I mean, they literally have been doing this since they were... um, you know, uh, children, you know, just studying people and reading people and, and all they know is to, um, is to, um, manipulate and to lie. And they, they believe, they honestly believe that that is the only way to get through life. And, and what's sad is that they, that's the only thing that they know. Like they they think that that is how they have to be, unfortunately. Um, And so what what happens is that they they lie and they manipulate even when they don't have to. Um, And that's like the crazy thing is that I've seen them lie and I've seen them manipulate even about kind of, you know, weird things, like things that they don't even need to lie about, things that are like readily verifiable a lot of times. Um, and, you know, that that's the thing that's like kind of stunning to me a lot of times. But, um, but you know, that that is what happens. Um, and um, so, you know, the only way that you can really fight back against that is by ethically manipulating the manipulator and also um, fighting back against that as well. So, um, you know, you're going to have to, um, you know, think about how you can, um, you know, play in that sandbox uh, as well and, um, be, um, you know, cognizant of that. Um, because if you don't, then, um, you're gonna, um, you know, not be, um, able to, um, keep up. Uh, you know, you're, you're basically a, um, a sitting duck. I mean, that that's the problem that you have. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of times I think people, um, you know, they, they want to believe that 
um, you know, that that somehow they're going to be able to save these people, that somehow they're going to be able to um, change these people, that somehow they're going to be able to uh, make a difference, um, <clears throat> you know, um, make an impact. And, um, you know, it's it, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to do that. Um, and I think, you know, but anyway, um, so I say you, you can ethically manipulate the manipulator. Um, and, you know, that's the, the best way, I think, to describe it is by doing that. And so the five ways that you can ethically manipulate the manipulator um, are what we're going to be talking about today. Um, and, um, you know, I think, I th- I, you know, I think it's a way of really surviving um, is, is, you know, what I, I, the way I look at it, frankly. Um, and, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a way of keeping peace, um, especially in a negotiation. So, um, so here's number one. Number one is um, what I call bartering. And bartering is a very, very special and specific way of dealing with a narcissist. It is a, what I call, another way of describing it is fluff for favor, vomit later. Um, And it's just like a sort of a funny expression, but basically you're gonna be fluffing up their ego. And um, when you fluff up their ego, I mean, what, what is, you know, value look like to a narcissist. Well, value to a narcissist is um, is 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 adulation. It's compliments. It's um, you know that's the the grade A diamond level supply. That's the the one thing that they they love the most is is that. So you're going to give them just you know a little bit of that, just enough to get them motivated, and you're only going to use it sparingly um, just to get a little something, something of what you want, Um, and just so that you can get a little something, something of what, um, you know, you know, so that you give them a little something of they want so that you can get a little something of what you want. So, you know, what it might be is like, you know, can you... Um, you know, um, handle um, reconciling the checkbook um, this month. You're so much better at math than I am. Um, you know, and um, and and you'll 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 get it done so much faster and so much more efficiently than if I did it. Um, something like that. And um, you, you, you just make sure that you don't say it with any sort of tone. You don't say it with any sort of any, any compliments about yourself or anything good about yourself because they don't want to hear anything like that, um, you know. Um, and, um, and uh, you know, and, and, and that's it. And, and you know, I, I call it fluff for favor, vomit later, because obviously sometimes, you know, you don't really want to have to do it. And, you know, a lot of times you don't like them. 
Um, but, you know, it's just a way of doing, uh, uh, giving them a little something of what um, they want, which is that adulation and um, compliments and stroking of their ego. And then you get a little something of what you want in return and you use it sparingly and you use it strategically. And, um, and then, you know, you get a little something of what you want in return. And you can do it in negotiations as well. Um, so that, you know, you can get it, you know, something that you want as well. So that's number one. Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zong. And that's a way of starting the process of, of not being, um, you know, of, of no longer retreating, of no longer being conditioned by them, of no longer allowing, you know, yourself to, of, uh, you know, being, um, you know, staying back. When it comes to the safety of a child in a divorce case involving alcohol abuse, there is no compromise. Take back power, strength, and truth from the narcissist in your life with documented proof of sobriety. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they're not drinking when a child's safety is at risk. Soberlink's real-time alerts make it easy to negotiate with any party. Judges rest assured that the child is safe. Attorneys get court admissible evidence of sobriety and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create the resource Tips for Negotiating with a Narcissist. To download the guide and get $50 off your Soberlink device, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash negotiate. Are you struggling with how to negotiate and win? Maybe you're dealing with a personality that's particularly challenging, like a narcissist or other high-conflict personality, and you're feeling powerless. Make sure to download my free Win My Negotiation Cheat Sheet at www.winmynegotiation.com. Take a listen to our archive, where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. You've started off this relationship where where it's been a, a conditioning. They've conditioned you, you've been conditioned by them. And so when you start throwing up boundaries, you're changing the rules of the game. And when you're changing the rules of the game, they are not going to like it. And now we return to today's show. Number two is staying confident. They, they definitely respect people who are confident. And that's a way of starting the process of, of not being, um, you know, of no longer retreating, of no longer being conditioned by them, of no longer allowing, 
you know, yourself to, of, uh, you know, being, um, you know, staying back like that. Um, you, you have to remember that you're no longer in that position anymore. I, you know, that, that is so, so important uh, when you are dealing with, um, with them. So that is the second one is is staying confident and and buying by the way that's one of the ways that they really really respect you and and um, you know I do have uh, for those of you who watch my YouTube videos I do have a uh, a whole YouTube video on um, you know how you can get narcissists to respect you and I would definitely um, check out my YouTube video on that as well. Um, number three is, um, you know, keep them talking. Definitely keep them talking as much as you can. Um, and that's definitely a way to ethically manipulate them because they do lie a lot. Um, definitely keep them talking. Keep them talking as much as you can. They lie a lot and you want to trap them if you can because that is great for leverage and you want to grab that leverage if you can um, so that you can use that against them. Great, great, great for leverage. Number four is... Uh, give them uh, room to hang themselves. You know, a lot of times people don't want to give them room to hang themselves. A lot of people, you know, they just don't want them to get away with anything. Um, and so you don't like to, um, you know, especially, you know, if you are dealing with them and um, you have an opportunity to give them like maybe a temporary order or something like that that gives them like, um, a lot of, um, you know, um, opportunity to have like the kids or something like that, or, um, you know, um, extra freedoms or things like that, you know, where people are like, oh, I don't want them to have, um, you know, a lot of extra, um, freedoms, give them room to hang themselves they lie a lot. They do things. They don't, they won't take their time sharing. They won't, you know, they, they will, they will mess up. Um, they're, they're inherently lazy a lot of times. I mean, um, and, and give them room to hang themselves because, um, once they do that, once they don't comply with court orders, once they don't do what the things that they say they're going to do, you can use that against them. It becomes great leverage, right? So, you know, it's definitely a great way to ethically manipulate the manipulator. Um, so um, I would say, you know, to um, look at that as um, a great way to... Um, you know, give them that room, give them that space, give them that opportunity. You know, just like, you know, I said there at um, number four as, you know, giving them room to, or, you know, allow them to keep talking, which traps them because uh, they lie a lot, um, which is great for leverage. 
it's the same thing, you know, give them room to hang themselves, give them an opportunity to, you know, talk or lie um, so that when they respond or when you talk, you know, or, or give them room, um, you can use those things to create summaries and things to um, use them for leverage. Um, I mean, those are great, great things and, and you can create all that sort of thing as part of your strategy for your leverage. Um, so, um, you know, think, think, think out of the box, you know, when you are um, ethically manipulating the manipulator and it helps keep the peace and it works in your negotiations. So, um, you know, when you're asking how are they getting away with this, a lot of times while they're getting away with it, it actually is something that you can end up using down the road for your um, your negotiations. So it's keeping the peace and it's something that you can use against them down the road. So it's a way to ethically manipulate the manipulator. You know what I'm saying? All right, so that is number four. And number five, number five, this is a drum roll for the last one, is um, asking them for their advice or their thoughts on things. If you could do that, then um, it actually, you know, again, it gives them... um, an opportunity to talk, which they love because it makes them think that you're, you know, asking them for their thoughts on things. Um, and when you do that, um, it um, gives them a chance to, you know, um, pontificate and all that. But it also gives you a chance to hear what it is that they're um, thinking and um, and then you get a chance to hear what their um, positions are on things, you know. So um, it's a way for when you are asking them for their advice, then it you find out what their positions are sometimes on the negotiations. Um, And sometimes they don't even realize that that's what you're doing when you're asking them for their advice. So I would say, um, you know, it's a a way to kind of backdoor into um, how, um, finding out how they're thinking. Um, So... That's one another way to ethically manipulate the manipulator and also keep the peace, especially in a negotiation. Um, and so those are the five ways. So just to recap, it's to barter, it's to stay confident, it's to allow them to keep talking because they lie a lot, which traps them, which is great for leverage. It's um, to give them room to hang themselves, which again um, allows you to catch them, which is also great for leverage. And it's to ask them for their advice or thoughts. And, you know, just remember that um, it's, you know, there's been lots and lots of times when, um, 
you know, I've helped people, you know, thousands and thousands of people in my actual programs uh, or through, you know, my clients or, you know, millions of people now through my YouTube channel um, actually, you know, have been helped uh, and, you know, here through my podcast, you know, just the the myth is that, you know, you can never negotiate with narcissists and you might as well just give up. I mean, it's such a myth that is so not true. So, you know, just never give in and never give up. And, you know, for those of you who want extra support, make sure that you join my club, um, Narcissists, um, you know, um, Negotiators. I have a, a club which you can join at joinslay.com forward slash club. Um, make sure you do that. Make sure you um, grab my free Crush My Negotiation Prep Worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. Um you know, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, subscribe to my YouTube channel, all are free. Make sure you, um, you know, uh, rate, you know, rate and, and review this. I'd love for you to do that. And, um, you know, follow me on Instagram, you know, all kinds of free stuff, all kinds of free resources. Um, join my uh, free private Facebook group as well. You know, don't hang out there by yourself thinking there's no resources because there definitely are. Um, and, you know, never give in and never give up. There's all kinds of opportunities for you guys to get involved. All right. So thanks for joining me on this episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. And I will um, catch you guys in the next one. Thanks for stopping by and listening to this episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Check back next Monday for more inspirational pearls of wisdom. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd love if you would give it a five-star rating and tell me what you liked in a review on iTunes. Also, be sure to grab your winning negotiation cheat sheet at winmynegotiation.com. And remember, today is a perfect day to start negotiating your best life.